It's good. Man, I'm just, uh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just, I'm just thankful that I get to be a part of it. And, and uh, I'm glad that although I'm here to try to minister, I'm glad that I, I get ministered to. And I, I've definitely been ministered to today. I want to preach to myself for a few minutes. And I'm going to let you listen in, if that's okay. And maybe, maybe it'll help you as well. And so, uh, a little bit of an old prescription, but a lot of a new. And so, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And when you find your place, let's all stand this morning, if you're able. Mark chapter 8 in your Bibles. And we're going to read just a short passage, of a uh, portion of Scripture today. Mark chapter 8. And verse number 22. How many are glad you're saved? Amen? Amen. Amen. What a joy to be saved today. Mark chapter 8 and verse number 22. The Bible says, And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and he besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, He asked him if he saw aught. Verse 24, and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, which is, by the way, always a good direction to be looking. And made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. You may be seated this morning. I want to talk to you about this subject. Don't lose your focus. Don't lose your focus. In Calvary, how many know that we can't afford to lose our focus in 2021? Our focus uh, focus needs needs to be retuned. Uh, you know, uh, you all you folks out there that are members of the 4i club, you know what I'm talking about. And these things are great. They're awesome. And I'm so glad I have glasses. Uh, it helps me to be able to see more clearly. But as you uh, get a little older, a lot of times, you'll find even with these helps, you'll find that your reading and, and different things are beginning to get a little fuzzy. And uh, you know what? And you don't. You, you, here's here's the thing. You don't have to stay like that. Right. Things don't have to stay fuzzy. And so you can go to the doctor and you can say, Doc, uh, glasses just don't seem to be hitting the mark anymore. I'm I'm having to strain my eyes a little bit. Uh, and and the doctor takes you in and he reexamines your eyes and and he says, Yep, you do need you need some help. And so he writes you a new prescription, maybe a little bit more strength. On your glasses. And I would just say this, Calvary, that, uh, that through the years, sometimes churches have to, we have to realign our focus again. And, uh, and it's not that we don't have focus. It's just that sometimes it, gets, it starts getting just a little blurry. And so I'm thankful that Dr. Jesus is glad to take us into the office. And he's able to give us a realignment. He's able to, to help us get refocused again. And so we want to make sure that we are focused for 2021. And, and so I want to talk to you about that. Don't lose your focus. Let's pray and we'll jump into the Bible study this morning. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary again today. And 
Lord, I pray that uh, you will, you'll come. I, you're already here. You've manifested yourself in the music service. And we are so thankful for the music and, and all the preparation that has went into that, the practice and the prayer uh, and, and uh, those that have been asking for the Lord for you to fill them with your spirit. And Lord, I, I thank you for that. And Lord, it's, it's so ministered to me and I believe it's ministered to others today. We thank you for that, Lord. Now, God, as we take just a few moments to, to, to gather around your word as the people of God, Father, I pray that you'd give us something today that would encourage, that would edify, that would, uh, Lord, help us to, to go further for the cause of Christ and to bring honor, more honor and more glory to you because, Heavenly Father, we know that you're worthy of it. We know that Jesus is worthy of our glory and our praise. And so, Lord, fill us now with the Holy Spirit, and I pray all that's done would glorify the Savior. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. I want to encourage you to go back and read uh, the whole chapter, Mark chapter 8. It's not a, not a super long chapter. Uh, and really, really, the entire chapter pretty much of Mark chapter 8 basically is a chapter that addresses the issue of focus, focus. Uh, Jesus performs a miracle on a blind man. And during that time, we notice that the Lord Jesus Christ is dealing with some serious focus issues. Look, if you will, please, at verse number 24 and 25. The Bible says, and he, uh, talking about the blind man, and he looked up and said, I see men, I see, I see men as trees walking. In other words, I can't really discern the men from the trees other than I know that trees don't move like men do. And so uh, I see men as trees walking. The Bible says after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly. Have you ever wondered this? Have you ever wondered why the Lord Jesus Christ healed this man gradually? Some scholars say that this is the only recording of what's called progressive cure. Now, I haven't fact-checked that. I don't know that that's the case, but I know that one scholar said that. Uh, but I, I, I do believe this. I believe that without a shadow of doubt, could Jesus have healed the man instantaneously? Not a doubt about that. He often did that. Most all the time, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he healed, he healed instantaneously. But we find here in Mark chapter 8 that the Lord Jesus Christ chooses to give this man gradual healing. And you say, Pastor, why is that? Well, I believe that the Lord Jesus is painting a very important picture here. Don't forget that also in Mark chapter 8, the Lord is dealing with the disciples. And I believe the Lord is painting a picture or an illustration for the disciples here uh, because uh, the disciples are receiving their focus gradually. Uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples concerning the future. But we notice here that they're not getting it. They're not grasping it. Uh, notice in verse number 18, Mark chapter 8, verse number 18, uh, Jesus is referring to his disciples and he says to them, having eyes, see ye not, and having ears, hear ye not, and do ye not remember? And so we notice here that the Lord Jesus challenges his disciples concerning his coming death. But we also notice that they're not in focus. They're not in focus. We find here that they're not quite grasping what the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to teach. And, uh, and, and, and we find after the Lord begins to tell them about his coming death, we find here that they are so out of focus 
that our Bible tells us that Peter begins to rebuke the Lord. This is where Christ says, Satan, get thee behind me. Uh, and so what's, what's the problem? The problem is they're not in focus. They're not in focus with what the Lord is trying to teach. And so in Mark chapter 8, we find a man of Bethsaida whose focus had to be adjusted. He was seeing, but he wasn't seeing clearly. We also find some disciples whose focus needed to be adjusted. They were seeing, but they were not seeing clearly. Now, how many know this morning that if you're not careful, it's easy to lose focus in life? Even this week, it's happened for me. I, uh, physically speaking, I got up in the morning. Some of you, I'm sure, can relate to this. I got up in the morning, and when I, when I first got up, my focus wasn't right. I had to go in the, in the bathroom. I had to run some water and get it on a washcloth. And I had to wash my face and, and wash my eyes uh, because my, my focus wasn't right. Interesting story I was reading this week. Now, somebody said, did, did, did you know why pigeons walk like they walk? Now, I went back and watched the video of a pigeon walking. I wanted to see this. And sure enough, sure enough it's truth. And if you ever watch the stride of a pigeon, you'll notice that it's, you know, it's, they have a very different walk. And someone said the reason is because uh, a pigeon walks the way it does because it has to see where it's going. It, a, a pigeon cannot adjust its focus as it moves. And so its head will go forward as it looks where it's going. Its head will come back for focus. Its head will go forward to see where it's going. Its head will come back for focus. Now, you know what, church, truth matter is, sometimes it's important that we just stop so we can focus. By the way, especially in a church like this that's going, going, going. And up until COVID hit, I mean, this ministry, thank the Lord, and, and hopefully when COVID begins to sort of head, it, uh, head on the way out, uh, we're going to be very active in ministry again. And so occasionally you have to stop for a time of refocusing. And, my, and by the way, it's especially easy to lose focus of things that matter. Things that, th things that really matter. Things that are really, really important. Not things that are petty, but things that are important. I read the story this week of, a, of a, uh, a gang of thieves that broke into a jewelry store. But they did something un, unexpected. They broke into the jewelry store successfully, but they did not steal anything. They just went into the cases and they rearranged the price tags. They put the very expensive price tags on the very cheap jewelry. And, and the price tags that were on the cheap jewelry, they put those over on the very expensive jewelry. Now, here's the thing. The next day, the jewelry store opened up and nobody noticed. And so people were coming in. They were buying very expensive jewelry for just a few dollars. Now, again, focus. Nobody noticed. Nobody thought to, to, to look about that. Now, now, I said all that to say this. That if you and I are going to be the Christians that we ought to be, if we're going to be the, the, the children of God that we ought to be in 2021, we must stay focused on those things that are most important. And so because of that, I want to give you this morning three things. And again, I'm preaching to myself this morning, and so I'll let you, I'll let you stay tuned. Number, number one is this. We must stay focused 
on a place called hell. Mark chapter nine, verse number 47 says it like this. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. For it is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Jude chapter one, verse number 23 says it like this. And others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Listen, there is a hell this morning. Now I know that's not popular preaching. I know that's not politically correct anymore. But you know what, Calvary? There is a hell. And this is the thing. I'm not the one that said that. God said that. His word says that. I didn't write this. I just deliver the mail. I'm just the mailman. That's all that I am. But God is very clear to let us know that there is a hell. Someone said that the Lord Jesus Christ preached many more times on hell in the New Testament than he ever mentioned heaven. Uh, There is a hell. Psalm chapter 9 verse number 17 says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Isaiah 5 chapter 14 says therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. Luke 16, verse 23, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, you say, Pastor, why are you preaching this? This is the reason. Because, Calvary, we must stay focused. We've got to stay focused. We can't allow our our sight to get blurry. We can't allow our eyes to get on other things. Listen, we've got to stay focused in 2020. 21. Why do we do what we do? Why do we minister? Why are we on the radio station? Why are, are we on the internet and the live stream? Why are we going to be going into the jails? Why are we going into the nursing homes? Why are we doing all the outreach that we do? Uh, is it just to, get our, just to get our name out there? Absolutely not. We do what we do. We preach the gospel. We promote Jesus. Why? Because there is a hell, my friend. There's a hell. Now, if there's not a hell, then let's just shut it down and stay in the bed and let's go play and let's have a good time in life. But if there is a hell and there is, then let God's people get serious about serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We must stay focused on hell. Someone said that every breath, every breath, eight people enter into eternity. Every breath. Someone, someone may say, I don't think there is, but someone may say occasionally, Pastor, don't you think we're doing enough? And I want to say, no, I don't. I mean, preacher, we just did this and we just started this project. And you say, Pastor, when are we going to stop? And here's the answer, never, never. As long as God continues to be our helper and as long as God continues to fund the ministry, I just got news for us. We are moving forward for the cause of Christ. You say, Pastor, didn't you, did you forget that this is Union Grove, North Carolina and we're a country church and we're country people and you say what you want to say, but I'm telling you, God is, not, God is not restricted to a country church and God is not restricted to country people and how many know that God can take a work like this and people like you and people like me and God can build his kingdom and God can build his church if we'll let him build his church. We must stay focused. Dr. Howes used to tell that story. He was down at the Bill Rice Ranch preaching and 
And uh, they had a place, they, they would ride horses there at the Bill Rice Ranch, and they had a place that they would ride to in the morning, a little camp area, if you will, uh, and they would have a, a, a camp breakfast, and, uh, and, and that's what they'd planned on doing. That morning, they got, up, got ready, they, they got, uh, uh, you know, on horseback, and they began to ride to this little camp area. And there was this very young preacher that came up to Brother House, and he said, uh, he rode up beside him, and he said, preacher, he said, uh, I respect you. And, and he said, I, I, I need some advice. He said, all right. He said, I'm a young preacher just getting started. And he said, I'm trying to figure out what kind of preacher should I be? Should I be, a, should I be one of these deeper life type preachers that just get really, really deep in the word of God? Or should I be one of these you know, hellfire, damnation, just tell it like it is and, and just preach heaven sweet, hell hot. And, uh, and, and, and Brother Howells looked at this young man and he said, son, is there a hell? Well, they, uh, he, he rode on ahead and they separated. And a little bit later, that young preacher rode back up beside Brother Howells and, and he said, preacher, he said, I'm trying to get some advice. He said, I'm trying to figure out what kind of preacher to be. Should I be one of these deeper, liper uh, type preachers, you know, that really doesn't get excited, doesn't get passionate about what he does? Or, or should I be uh, one of these hellfire, damnation, uh, I mean, rock rib, uh, right wing preachers that preaches it right, preaches it straight? And Brother Howe said, is there a hell? And he wrote on. A little later, that same young man rode up beside the preacher and he said, Brother Howe, I don't understand. I'm trying to get some help. I'm trying to get some advice and, and you don't seem to be helping me and I'm just trying to figure out what kind of preacher to be. And Brother Howell said, young man, is there a hell? Is there a hell? Is there a hell? And he wrote on. A year passed maybe and Dr. Russell Anderson saw Brother Howell and he said, hey, by the way, he said, I was in a meeting the other day and, and he said, man, there was a young preacher preaching there and said, man, he preached the house now. Man preached with the power of God on his life and uh, just a tremendous service. And by the way, he said that you had an impact on his life. Brother House said, who, who is he? He said, well, he preached this message. Is there a hell? Is there a hell? Why, why is it important that we keep going to the nursing homes? There is a hell. Why is it important that we keep preaching on the radio and keep preaching on the live stream? And why is it important that we take this ministry to the next level? Why is it important that we keep promoting Jesus and singing about Jesus and talking about salvation and preaching the word of God? Why is it important that, that we have church on a day like today when there was some snow out here? Uh, somebody says, Pastor, did, did, did you not see the snow out? I did see the snow out there. And by the way, I'm not at odds about anybody who did not come today. I understand we have single ladies in older folk and, and, and folks, some folks couldn't get out. I, I, I understand all that. And, and we said on the church cast, if you didn't feel like you could come, that's fine. But someone says, preacher, why are you so adamant about having church? I'll tell you why. Because my dear friend, there is a hell. There's a hell. And the remedy is Jesus. We must stay focused. We must stay focused on a place called hell. How about this? We must stay focused on a problem called apathy. Now I want you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to Revelation, Revelation chapter three. Revelation chapter number three. And look, if you will, please, at verse number 15. This is the seven churches of Revelation, and the Lord Jesus in this specific passage is dealing with the church of Laodicea. 
Many scholars believe that the church of Laodicea is a type of the church that we're living in today, of this church age right now. Notice what Revelation chapter three, verse number 15, I want you to notice how the Lord Jesus Christ describes the Laodicean church. And I'll just go ahead and, and preface it by saying he describes them as ap absolutely apathetic. Look what he says in verse number 15. Jesus said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. And, and Christ says, I would, or I wish, I would thou wert cold or hot. Either get on or get off. That's what the Lord is saying. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art, what's the word? Lukewarm. And neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Watch this, verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Listen to me, Calvary. How many know that we cannot allow ourselves to slip into a spirit of apathy, apathy. You say, Pastor, I don't even know what that is. It means that you just don't care. Amen. You just don't care. Uh, old story, old, old story. Reporter's on the sidewalk. He's interviewing people and, and a man comes by and he tries to interview the man and he says, sir, sir, sir. He said, would you tell me the, the top two problems in America? And the man was flustered that the reporter would try to stop him. And he said, I don't know and I don't care. And the reporter said, you're exactly right. That is the main two problems in America. People don't know and people don't care. Apathetic. We're living in an age of apathy. I know you've heard the story about everybody, somebody, anybody, nobody. You've heard that story, I know. It said that there was an important job to be done and everybody was sure somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. Now, you say, Pastor, that's confusing. I, and I, I, I know what you're saying, but to be quite honest with you, we just gave the testimony of the average church. Amen. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will clean, somebody else will preach, somebody else will sing, somebody else will welcome, someone else will greet, someone else will take care of the parking lot, someone else will, uh, uh, someone else will serve. And this is all I'm saying. If you and I, listen, if you and I don't take the responsibility, listen, the truth of the matter is, it may not get done. It may not get done. We were living, we were living in Indiana at the time. And, and every day, I worked at overnight transportation, and I would carpool with, with several guys. And we would drive down through Sherryville, Indiana, and then to Dyer, Indiana, on our way to Chicago. There was a 84 Lumber that was right there, right outside of Sherryville, between Sherryville and Dyer, Indiana, right on uh, Highway 41 there. And, I, and, and it had been an extremely dry summer. It was hot. Even up there, it was hot. Everything was brittle, dry. And as, as we were on our way to work, we passed by that 84 lumber and I guess someone had uh, smoked a cigarette and they threw the cigarette butt out the window and when, it, when the, the, the cigarette butt hit the dry grass, it caught on fire. 
and the fire was burning. Now, it wasn't huge, but it was, it, it was significant enough to see. Now, when we went past that, I thought, man, I wonder if they know in 84 Lumber that that fire's burning. And it was like the Spirit of God said, you know what, maybe you need to stop and go tell them. But I made excuses. And I said, Lord, I'm going to work. I've got homework to do. I, I, I've got 10 million things to do. And, and on top of that, this, this highway is extremely busy. And it was. I mean, people just coming and going. And this is what I said. I'm sure that someone will stop. And someone will notify them and let them know. There's a fire out front. You better call the fire department. I, I, I went on my way and I tried to put it out of my mind. Later that night as we were coming home, it was still on my mind. And so I made it a point to look. And when we got back to the 84 lumber, you know what I found out? I found out that evidently nobody stopped because the fire got larger and larger and larger and pretty much burned all the way up to the 84 lumber and almost caught 84 lumber on fire. Now, what are you saying, Pastor? Pastor I'm saying I should, have, I should have done what I should have done. I shouldn't be caring about what other people do I shouldn't have shirked my responsibility. Are y'all with me this morning? You know what? I should have done it. If God laid it on my heart, I should have done it. I should have stopped. I should have warned them. Oh, listen, I'm talking about apathy. We cannot afford to become apathetic and lose our concern. Old story. Man worked in the city. And it had been an extremely rough day at work. So many people were demanding of him and asking things from him and, and uh, things didn't go exactly right. And it was just a strenuous, stressful day. And the man thought, you know, today when I leave, today when I leave, as I walk to my, my home, there is a, there's a beautiful park. It's got a little lake there, a lot of trees and, and uh, ducks on the pond and squirrels scurrying around. I, I'm, I'm just going to... Here's what I'm going to do. It's been such a rough day. I'm just going to take my time on the way home. I'm going to walk through this park. I'm going to enjoy God's creation. I'm going to let work get off my mind. I'm not going to worry about any of that stuff. And so sure enough, he got off work, punched out. He made his way down to that park, and he began to stroll through that park, and it was awesome. There was a little bit of a breeze blowing that day. It was not quite dark, but almost dark. There was a little, a little breeze rolling through the trees. The, the birds were singing and, uh, and it was just a beautiful day and he was just enjoying, he was just enjoying this time of unwinding. And as he walked by a certain patch of woods and heavy brush, he thought that he heard the sound of struggling in the thickness of the brush. It sounded like a, it sounded like a young lady that had possibly been overcome by an attacker. He heard what sounded like the ripping of fabric, maybe the tearing of a blouse, and struggling. Maybe like someone had their hand over the young lady's mouth. She's wanting to scream out, but she's not able to. And, and as he walked by, it bothered him, but he thought, I don't want to be bothered with any of this. It's been a tough day, man. It's been a stressful day. I, it's, it's, it's their business. She probably got herself into this situation anyway. It's none of my business. I don't want to get involved. And so he walked by and 
went past that site just a little ways, but the truth of the matter is, he did care. The truth is, it did matter to him. He ran back to the site. He jumped into the bushes and sure enough, it was exactly what he thought it was. He began to fight the attacker off and they began to trade licks and it was quite the, quite the wrestling match. And, uh, and, and, and finally, he won the victory and the attacker ran off. During the fight, the young lady that had been attacked had scooted back into the bushes, scared to death, absolutely terrified. He could hear her now through the bushes. He could hear her weeping sobbing uncontrollably. And so he began to try to comfort her. And he said, young lady, he said, it's all right. It's okay. He said, he's gone. It's okay. You're safe. You're safe. You're safe. I'm going to call the police for you. And, and he said, on top of that, he said, I'll stay right here with you. He had not seen her. I'll stay right here with you until the police get here. And then all of a sudden through the bush, a voice came back and it said, Daddy? Daddy, is that you? Daddy, that man recognized that voice. He jumped through there and sure enough, the young lady that he had saved was his own daughter. Point being this, what, what, what had happened if he not cared? What would have happened if he would have said, man, I, I'm just, it's not my responsibility. It's not my job. It's not my title. <laughs> I'm not a policeman. I'm not a, I, I, I don't work in security. It's, 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 it's not my business. It's none of my business. Now, Calvary, this is what I'm saying. We've got to stay in there. We've got to stay focused. We've got to keep moving forward. We've got to keep preaching Jesus. By the way, we've got to keep loving each other and we've got to keep forgiving one another and we've got to keep endeavoring, endeavoring to keep the peace. You say, well, what about me? What about mine? What about what I want, brother? It's more than what you want. And quite frankly, it's more than what I want. This thing is bigger than me and it's bigger than you. And we must stay focused. We've got to keep our focus on a place called hell. We've got to keep our focus on a problem called apathy. But I couldn't wait to get to this last one. We've got to keep our focus on a person called Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number two is one of my new verses that I've memorized. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number three, the Bible says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your minds. Isaiah 26, 3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Oh, listen, Calvary, listen to me. Don't you let your mind get anywhere else other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The songwriter said, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so. Oh, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying if you get your eyes on a deacon, you're out of focus. 
If you get your eyes on a preacher, you're out of focus, my friend. If you get your eyes on a church member, you're out of focus. If you get your eyes on a problem or a critic, you're out of focus. Now, I'm done this morning, but this is all I'm saying. We've got to keep our focus on the Lord. Has this ever happened to anybody? Have you ever been on an airplane? Boy, I have. I don't even know why, but as I get older, I'm, I'm a little bit more of a nervous flyer. I don't, I don't get that. I know I'm in the Lord's hands. Have you ever done this? Have you ever got on an airplane and you got up there and all of a sudden you begin to hit turbulence? Man, everything began to shake. The, the, the fasten your seatbelt sign came back on and, and the, the plane began to tremor and you already had your seatbelt on. Listen to me now. You already had your seatbelt on, but you tightened it. <laughs> Let me tighten it. Not that it would help, by the way, but you held on to that armrest tighter than you've ever held on to an armrest. And that plane was shaking. And you got your, you got your, your focus on that turbulence. And all of a sudden... You heard something click on and it said, ladies and gentlemen, this is your pilot. We're hitting some choppy air and so we're going to adjust our altitude and we're going to see if we can find some clear air. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, although the problem didn't disappear, listen to me now, this is going to help you, the problem didn't disappear, but all of a sudden, some peace came. You know why? Yes. You know why? You know why? Because you got your mind off the turbulence and you got your mind on the pilot. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, Calvary Baptist Church, don't get your mind on the turbulence. Don't get your mind on the problems. Don't get your mind on the shaking. And the, hey, you make sure you keep your eyes on Jesus. Only place. Only place. My wife and I love to watch. We love to watch the Olympics. It's just, I mean, Everybody, you know, likes their own thing. We like the Olympics. And one of the things that we like to watch is something called rowing. Or some people call it crew. And you've seen it. These fellows get in a long, slender, slender boat, 16 feet long, eight men line up. That gun fires, those boats take off, and they are just rowing with all their might. And they're rowing in perfect synchrony. You know the odd thing about you know the, the odd thing about that sport is that none of those eight men, oh, this is good, Calvary. Yes, yes. None of those eight men can see the finish line. But there is a man in the back of the boat. He's called the coxswain. The coxswain. You say, Pastor, what's the coxswain do? He keeps them in cadence. He keeps them, he keeps them together. Row, 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 
row, row. He keeps them synchronized. He, he encourages them. Listen, although those eight men cannot see the finish line, that coxswain knows exactly where the finish line is. And so they keep their eyes on the coxswain. They put their focus. Man, I'm going to tell you, if you ain't getting anything, I'm about to take a run right now, man. And they keep their eyes on the coxswain because they know that he can see the finish line. Calvary Baptist Church, I cannot see the finish line. I don't know where it is, but I'm glad to tell you, I'm not the coxswain. Amen. I'm just one of the rowers, but hallelujah, I know the coxswain. His name is Jesus Christ. Hey, and I know that he knows the direction we need to go, and thank God he's able to keep us in cadence, and he's going to tell us where the finish line is. Hey, what are you going to do? Keep on going. And stay focused. Stay focused. Don't lose your focus. Focus. Yes. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this time we've had together. We feel the presence of the Spirit of God. Oh, Lord, thank you for encouraging me today. Lord, thank you for reminding me I must keep my eyes on the Son of God. Lord, we cannot allow our attention to be distracted, to get on other things, problems, people, burdens, issues, politics. God, we've got to keep our eyes on Christ. He is the only one who will never disappoint Wow, what a God, what a Savior. Father, I pray today that you'd let us come into the office. I pray that you would give us an examination, spiritual examination. And Jesus, I pray that you'll help us to make sure that our focus is sharp and that it's right. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I wonder how many are here today without anybody looking. And you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm on my way to heaven. I've been born again by God's Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, I've been saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven without anybody looking. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? You'd say, Pastor, it's me. I know that I'm saved. And that's wonderful. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this, though. I wonder how many would be here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, honestly, between me and the Lord, I could not raise my hand. And I care enough to at least let you pray for me. I'm not embarrassed you. I'm not going to come back and try to bring you down the aisle. Nobody's going to do that. But I would like to pray for you. I'll not pray for you by name, but I'd like to pray for you. Preacher, here's my hand. I don't know for sure that I'm saved. I want you to pray for me. Right now, you slip your hand up real high. Raise it real high so I don't miss you. All right. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you so much. I saw two hands. Is there another? Is there another? Pastor, if I died right now, I'm not 100% sure that I'd go to heaven. I want to go, but I'm just not sure. All right, I see that third hand. 
Is there anybody else? Anybody else? If you're watching by way of live stream today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to wave, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to be in this service right now. And we want you, we want you to, to open your heart to Christ today. Let Jesus come in. The Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open to me, Jesus said, I'll come in and sup with him. And good neighbor, if you're watching on the live stream right now, please understand something, that Jesus will save you right now if you'll trust him. And if you'll reach out to us, we want to help you with that. I want us to